You're listening to Coco's Tea with I Am The Real Coco. Trying to watch this, doing all the noise and shit, you know. Hey! Coco be cool! Coco be good! Coco be good! Stuck in traffic Boss got you tweaking Bending over backwards Ay, You in school Trying to get by Ay, Life make you wanna Say fuck the class Trust me I feel You're stressing Baby ain't nothing real Don't lose the madness Just relax While Coco get it cracking From ATL out to California Don't trip Go take a moment Just listen to Coco She keep the speaker blasting Coco be going Getting to 100 episodes for a long time. And the plan was to have a live show to celebrate the 100 episodes, but COVID 19 got us doing things different out here. So I'm so excited to have a special guest on here, a very special guest, Brian B. Miller. I got him right here on video. I'm so hyped. How are you doing? I'm good. Like I keep telling people, I'm still in album mode because, you know. <laughs> but. You got to get the lineup. We're gonna we're gonna make it. We're gonna get through it eventually. Once phase two pops. So you haven't broken. Well, I guess so. Things are different here compared to New York. Like they've started opening up stuff here. Like we can go get haircuts and our nails done and stuff. Y'all can't do. Yeah, I mean, unless you do it underground, like going to a speakeasy or something like that. But for the most part, everything's still on lockdown. But I believe phase two is starting to open in like a couple of days. So okay, we're gonna be alright. That's your first move, the haircut. Yes. First move haircut, then hopefully I can get a facial in a couple of days or a couple of weeks because, you know, you got to oh, preserve. you bougie with it. Yeah, yeah, bougie with it. You got to preserve your skin. Like, you don't want to be out here 30 plus looking like beef jerky. You know, you got to keep true. everything moisturized. So. Facts, That's facts. So what have you been doing to stay mentally and physically healthy during this quarantine? Um, I've been doing exercising. I've been exercising a lot more, um, going to the park, doing a lot of, I call them rough rider workouts, pull-ups, dips, things that get my heart racing. Um, I've been reading, reading the Bible, trying to get through the whole New Testament, and I've been writing my own book. So Mm. I'm like, procrastination is the worst thing about me. So I've been stopping, coming back to it. It's been a work in process work in progress like the last four or five months so yeah a yeah. book is not an easy feat so anyway I salute to anyone who has written a book before I'm like yo this thing is hard but it's a process but you know it's a challenge I'm tr- I'm, I'm up for so absolutely yeah. I need to back it up a little bit here okay I feel like I didn't give you the proper intro okay so, so I'm gonna back it up a little bit Brian B. Miller for people who do I know is one of the most respected names in the culture right now when it comes to hip hop. Um, he has interviewed some of the biggest artists in the game. Um, he has worked it with, with some of the most legendary hip hop magazines, Double XL. Um, he's been a blogger, popular podcaster with the Rap Radar podcast with Elliot Wilson. Um, so I didn't want to go into the whole background of who B. Miller is, but I'm going to start my other question with what made you want to get into the field of being a hip hop journalist? Um, well, maybe yeah, I just love the culture. Uh, I started when I was in college and honestly it was the money that made me realize that I could pursue this as a real career because when I was in college, I went to Delaware State University, I was freelancing for magazines. I was freelancing for uh, King, XXL, uh, Rides Magazine. It was all under the Harris Publications um, house. And then being that I was a fan of hip-hop, I love the culture, I love documenting, I love the storytelling of it, and I was actively 
uh, a contributing writer, I was like, yo, maybe I can make a living off of this. And then once I graduated and I kind of got drafted into XXL, it was just kind of like a natural fit for me. So it was something that was always a part of my life. It's crazy when I look back on it because growing up in my room, I used to have magazine covers. I used to clip out articles and post them all all around my room like wallpaper. Little did I know that those were some of my colleagues' work that I was posting. So it was kind of like I was training myself, you know, for my career um, a few years later. So You were manifesting it. Yeah, it kind of was. It was like it was written, seriously, because mm-hmm. I had no idea that I was going to pursue this as a career until I started really actively being in it. So Right. And so a lot of those publications that you named have kind of died off because yeah. of, you know, the age that we're in with social media and the internet. Yeah. What do you think about the current state of hip hop journalism right now? Um, I think it's still alive. I think it's um it's changed obviously. Um I feel like the power is democratized. Um I don't feel like you have to wait for an outlet to validate your skill set or anything like that. Uh I feel like it's it's a it's a it's a time where you have to put yourself out there and brand yourself and and basically not wait for anyone to give you permission to do what you want to do. Mm. That's the way I see it. It's different from when I came up. You know, we used to work for this magazine, get paid you know x amount of dollars per word. You know, you had a deadline, things like that. But now it's like you don't need a publication. You can just do it on your own. So yeah, it's a different time. But at the same time, it's like I think that the cream rises to the top. If you really wanted to be in this and you're focused and this is where you want to pursue your passion and your career, this is the best time to be in the game. Absolutely. Yeah. At Double XL was where you formed your relationship with Elliot Wilson, correct? Yeah, that's where I first met Elliot when I was – XXL, a thousand years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, talk to me a little bit about y'all's relationship. What's my relationship like with Elliot? It's weird. <laughs> Why <laughs> because, is it weird? It's weird because it's like, there's obviously like a generational gap, right? So mm, true. I'm 35, Elliot's 30, 48, right? So, Honestly, I thought Elliot was a little bit older than that. Yeah, Elliot is 48 or 49, one of those two. Okay. But either way, it's just weird because it's like we've been working. This is the longest I've ever worked with anyone. And it, mm-hmm. you got to understand, when I first came at XXL, I was like an editorial assistant, staff writer. I was like at the bottom of the totem pole. He was the editor-in-chief. Right. We both get let go around the same time. Then we end up working together. So it's just, it's just weird. But also, we're both Capricorns. And I think because we've, we both have a passion for hip-hop, we get each other. It's just like some, you can't really explain it. It's really tacit. And we just click, man. I don't know what it is. Like sometimes we go days, weeks, months without talking to each other. And it's nothing like personal. It's just that we, we know what it is. Like sometimes we email each other the same thing at the same time or text each other the same thing because we saw it at the same time. It's just weird. It's like we get each other. So it's a weird marriage, but um, it works. It works. Elliot's, you know, respected in this field. Um, I am as well, and we do good work together, man. Would you call him your friend? Yeah, yeah. You know, Elliot and I, yeah, I don't know. Are we friends? (laughs) I I think that's something you should know, right? Elliot asks that, he gets asked that question sometimes, too, and be like, are you a beat our friends? Like, not like hanging out on a Saturday night catching a beer, you know, it's not like when you see Ellie, you see beat ass. Like, nah, we just, we're just cool, man. That's my guy. You guys seem to be. I think honestly, it's beyond just a normal friendship. I can't just classify it like that. But at the end of the day, I know I have his back and he has mine, and I think that's fair. Well, it's kind of like your cousin, like your family that you don't see all the time, but just, there's respect there, and y'all, y'all, y'all work well together. Yeah, I think it's beyond a friendship with me and Ellie. It's just. This is what we have. It's just, I don't even think there's a word that describes it. That makes sense. Yeah. Who are some people in the industry that you would say are your friends that, you know, people like me would know? Um, Karen Civil is one of my 
That's right. I actually talked to her just before I got on the phone with you. Shout out uh, to Karen. I, I love seeing her work. She inspires me all the time. Yeah, Karen Civil. I started from like day zero. You know, that's like my homie. Um, Rob Markman at Genius. He's someone who I literally came up with as well. I met Rob when I was 19 years old, and we were still, uh, working together at Don Diva. Um, who else I know is a friend? Uh, it's one of those questions I know the answer to before you ask me. Uh, like Joe LaPuma at Complex is a friend. I'm just trying to think of prominent colleagues that you may know. Charlemagne, of course, the God. Angela Yee. Um, DJ Envy is a friend. Uh, there's so many people. Like I know I'm going to get in trouble for not naming them right now. But, <laughs> It's, uh, it's gonna be okay. They they forgive you. They know your heart. Yeah, they, I love them all. I love them all the same. Uh, who else? I'm thinking of. I'm drawing blanks. It's okay. No pressure. Yeah. It's not just the usual suspects like that. So um, recently, you you tweeted something that was interesting to me. You said uh, <laughs> you said that hip hop is dead. Hip hop is dead. And, and that was right around the time that Takashi Six Nine and Nicki Minaj announced that they were doing that song together, Trolls. Yeah. Did, did your comment have something to do with that? Yeah, it was kind of based on that. I just thought it was whack. Like, I don't respect Takashi, you know, and I honestly lost some respect for Nicki for working with him because it's like Nicki comes from a certain environment and her husband does as well. And Takashi, he's a guy who just doesn't care, you know. He doesn't care about, he has, he shows no contrition, no remorse for his actions. He's making a mockery of it. And that's something I just can't endorse or get behind. I don't understand how anyone else could get behind that. So right. for her to work with him, it's just, it's just whack to me. Like, why? Like, you don't have to. Like, you are who you are. So for to see that reunion is just, it's like hip hop is dead. I think I ended up deleting it because I was like, you know, whatever. But that really disappointed me when seeing them working together because yeah. Nikki's from Queens, just like me. And I'm like, you know, that's not the type of people, people from our neighborhood want to associate ourselves with. So that really pissed me off. That's why I said, I think I tweeted that. Okay. Do you feel like Nikki has, for this collaboration with 6 9 do you think that she's been losing a little bit of respect in the game for some of her other antics over the last couple of years? No, I mean, she still has a fan base. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not necessarily Nikki's demo, <laughs> and they're going to ride with her regardless. But um, I think this right here, for me personally, I can only speak on my behalf. I just, I've always respected her, you know, her position and what she's done and brought to the game. But I just think that this particular collaboration and this reunion, because they've worked together before, it just didn't sit well with me. But, right. you know, I think she's, you know, if we're just talking on hip-hop, she's obviously in the record books already. So you can't take that away from her. Absolutely. And, and when I ask that question, I mean, obviously, you know, Nikki has solidified herself in the game, but I'm talking more so from the perspective of people who study the culture like you do, um, people who really genuinely love hip-hop, understand the roots of it, and really want to preserve and cultivate the culture. I feel like a lot of those people, not necessarily the fans, but those people in particular, uh, have been seeing Nicki do some things that they don't necessarily rock with. Yeah, I mean... And this was kind of the cherry on top. Yeah, it could have been, I mean, it depends on who you ask, right? It could be a, a culmination of a lot of different things that made people lose respect for Nikki. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, she does a lot of antics that some people don't agree with, but that's with anything in life, you know? Some people are not going to rock with everything that you do. But um, for me personally, it's just like the whole 6 9 thing. I just can't. Yeah. It's like, even the song is just not even ill. It's not even a great record, you know? No, it's not. <laughs> I just... I don't know. That's not something I can do. I'm kind of like just disappointed that Nikki, considering who she is and her legacy in the game, had did that. So. Yeah, I'm honestly disappointed as well. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. It is what it is, right? That's life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see what ends up happening with her in the next couple of years in terms of her legacy. I think her legacy is already solidified. Um, I think she's going to be, like I said, she's already in the record books, you know what I mean? She's one of the most 
celebrated and decorated female rappers of all time. So I don't think nothing is going to come up out of it. So right. We'll see. Okay. On the Rap Radar podcast, you've had the opportunity to talk with legends like Will Smith, Jay-Z, Drake. Mm-hmm. Out of those three, which one of those were your favorites? Man, that's like asking what's my favorite finger. Um, <laughs> what's my favorite? Uh, I think maybe the Jay-Z one. I don't know, man. I love them all for, saying, for, for different reasons, but... Um, if you ask, and it depends on the day, but today I would say the Jay Z one because I was because I was in the Jay Z earlier, you know. So I'm like, okay, we did that, and that was it's crazy to think that was three years ago. But the thing what I like about them so much is that the stories behind all of them, how it happened, and what I love the most out of all of those is the way they were released. Mm. Like, we didn't tell nobody that they were coming. Like you just woke up right. one day, was like, oh, these guys did that. That's like the best feeling ever. Yeah. So. That's kind of how you know that you are, I guess, a boss in the game, right? Because not announcing your stuff is coming and dropping it and it does numbers the way that it does, like that lets you know that the work that you're doing is, is, is top-notch, it's next level. Yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the high for me and Elliot. And I know I can speak on his behalf, too. It's like with uh, Drake, for instance, we just put that out on Christmas Day. And it was hard. We had it. We sat on it for like two weeks, and you know we didn't tell nobody about it. It's like yo, you wanted to tell the world, like yo, we got Drake, 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 but we had this to keep quiet and hold. You didn't more. tell anybody, not one person. I might have told a person or two, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you know, I had to, I had to keep it quiet. So yeah, but releasing it in in that surprise way, I feel like it's dope because it's like creating some sort of excitement in the game, you know, and this everything is so transparent and there's like no mystique everyone's recording like so like just give some people to be something be excited about so yes i i 100 percent agree with that when when there's a, a conversation that's being had with somebody who usually doesn't do interviews at all it makes you want to stop everything and, and, right. and this is going to sound bad but i even enjoyed the beef you know mm-hmm. when meek mill and drake had their beef yeah i had just left um, my hometown to go work in industry that I did not care for. And I was so mad. I was like, I am so mad that I'm not in radio right now because this is what I want to be talking about. Right. So I even love the beats because it gives, it's exciting. Yeah. It's listen, that's hip hop is built on competition. You know, I'm better than you. You're better than me. Like that's what hip hop is. So it was definitely, you know, the topic of everyone's mind at the time. But, you know, excitement is missing. And we just wanted to create that magic. And that's what I feel like those interviews did, was just give some, some give people some spark. So. Right. So you said that the, the Jay-Z interview was one of your favorite, well, for different reasons, and that was your favorite. Yeah. Because we're on him early on. So what was special about the Will Smith interview for you? Well, first of all, you got to think. I think that was at 2018? Yeah. 2018, Will Smith had just join like Instagram, I think in 2017, going in 2018. So he was like the biggest guy on IG, right? Remember? Yeah. yeah. And like he hadn't done an interview in so long. He only does interviews when he has a movie to promote. Yeah. So I was like, okay, Will Smith is hotter than ever. Like this is a big get. Maybe we could get him. It's almost like shooting your shot, and you don't never know if it's gonna happen. But right. here's, here's the catch: he's gonna be in. Um, Budapest shooting a movie for like the whole summer. Mm. What do you do? It's like, yo, you go to the moon if you ask us to, you know, for Will Smith. And he, right. again, he hasn't done an interview in a long time. So for us to get that, we had to fly all the way to Budapest, to Hungary. I never been there. Yeah. And, you know, we're there and we're in this beautiful hotel and we're doing it there. I'm like, yo, this is really happening with Will Smith. Like, this is crazy. And for him to for us to talk about hip-hop with him, because he doesn't really talk about rap like that when he does his interviews. He's always promoting a movie. Yeah. And, like, yo, is this is this happening? Pinch me, you know? Like, it's fucking Will Smith. Right. So, that whole experience, just to fly out to Buddha, it was the same day that Kanye West was flying people out to Wyoming, the same day me and Elliot went, coincidentally. Mm. It's like, yo, you can't write this shit, man. Yeah. So, that That's was crazy. like... I, 
Yeah, like everyone grew up loving Will Smith, so absolutely. You know. So what about the Drake interview? The Drake is the same thing, like being persistent. We tried to get Drake like three different times, and three different times it got canceled. So we finally, you know, get Drake. You know, he hasn't done the interview on over a year. He's hot as ever. He just moved into his new crib, you know, that castle in Toronto. So it's like, yo, it's the perfect storm, you know what I mean? Like, he's his 10th year in the game. I mean, the stars are lined up. Yeah. So, you know, just just to do it with him and in his, you know, in his own backyard, it, it was just a great feeling, a great moment, man. Mm-hmm. And, again, like, the way it was released, the way it was shot, I just really enjoyed it, so... Let's talk about that Drake interview a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about it. So it was published on his YouTube page. Yeah. Why was that? What was the decision-making process behind that? Um, why was it put on Drake's YouTube page? Um, I don't know if there was anything taboo. It was it was on his YouTube page and on Title at the same time. It was synchronized. So I just felt like you know just maximum exposure. We just wanted it to be everywhere, and sure enough, it was. So he's figured, like, if we do it at the same time, as many eyeballs will be on it as possible. So for title users, it was there. For If you like Drake's YouTube page, it was there as well. So everyone ate. That's the way we did it. But you guys typically put Rap Radar visual uh, content out on y'all's YouTube page, correct? Yeah, we did it at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, no, it was not on title. It was on title platform. On the on the on the service, but it was on the YouTube page. Okay. So it was on title and Drake's YouTube page, like at the same time. I think it was at six o'clock on uh, Christmas Day. Okay. Yeah. So after that interview, uh, Joe Budden had a lot to say about it. Yeah, he always has a lot to say. He does. He's very <laughs> opinionated. Uh, did you think that he was hating? Well, I don't think he was hating. I just just like Joe being Joe, you know, just misinformed, like. Joe's to me, like, I love Joe. He's like the, the guy, the old man yelling at the cloud at times. You know, just he just didn't know. Yeah. He was just misinformed. So, you know, a lot of people told him, nah, it was released at the same time. But I think maybe, I don't think he's hating. It's just it's competitive. Maybe he wants to get Drake on the He know, absolutely his... wants to get that interview. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? Drake's like the biggest star on the planet. I don't blame him. But I don't think he's hating anything like that. Like, I don't think Joe's jealous of me and Elliot or what we do, you know. He's a good guy. Yeah. Did you receive any, I guess, quote-unquote, hate or what you perceive to be as hate from other peers in the industry? From that interview or just in general? From the Drake interview. Um, nah. I, I got some criticism, some backlash. Not backlash, but, like, people like, yo, why you didn't ask about this? Or things, like, stones left unturned, like, we should have asked. But, um... The, the, the feedback was positive. Drake loved it. Like he had um, text Elliot and I and said, "Like this is the I never got so much love for anything in my life. Like this is great, man." And I was like, "Wow, love it. like you're Drake, man. <laughs> like yeah. you're a legend." And for you to say that about our conversation, like that really meant a lot. So um, the feedback was great. I mean, if anything, I was hard on myself. And, and to be honest, Elliot and I, once we were finished and we were going back to our hotel. We were quiet for like a good two minutes, and the reason why was like we just felt like it was good, but we felt like we could have done better. And like you could have honestly done the whole another hour, but we just felt like we didn't. There was some question that maybe we could have expounded on, or maybe we forgot to ask. And, you know, you'll kill yourself thinking like that. It's like I call the interviewers remorse. Exactly, and that's what I was going to say. I feel like we're the hardest critics of ourselves. Like, we're yeah. always going to be like, oh, we could have transitioned into this better. Yeah. Could have asked this. Yeah. And I don't think with anybody. That was, like, my biggest fear. Like, fuck, I should have said this. Or it's different. Like, you know, that was my thing. But outside of that, I felt like it was well-received. And I think it did what it was supposed to do impact-wise. Like, I don't really care about numbers or how many views it gets. I mean, you want your, your interviews and your art to reach as many people as possible. But for me, the satisfaction I get is from impact. When people, you know, emailing me or DMing me like, yo, this changed my life or this changed my perspective. That to me is better than any view that I could ever receive. Yeah. I think that's the same for me too. Um, 
I, I noticed that in your Twitter and Instagram bios that Rife Radar is no longer there. Yeah, I think, yeah. I don't even know if I've ever had it up there. Maybe I did. I'm not sure. You're not sure? Because I, I, I've had it, but I'm not sure if I've had it consistently. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I was going to ask, like, what's up with that? Like, why... We haven't seen Rap Right Hour put out any content recently. And then, you know, your bio looked kind of empty. So I was just, you know, wondering what was up with that. No, the, the Rap Right Hour podcast, we're going to be back. It's just that, you know, in the midst of COVID and Corona, we haven't um, been able to work. <laughs> you know, like, so in the meantime, it's like adapt or die. I could just sit around on my ass and just wait for Elliot and I to, you know, get back to doing interviews or I could do something about it. And I decided to do that, and I, that's where Artifacts came in. And I was like, you know what? Let me just finally put, you know, put the pedal to the metal, and let's get this popping. In the meantime, you know, while we get over this whole pandemic, so that's right. the reason why. But it's still Rap Radar Podcast. We're on the contract, so <laughs> we got a lot of episodes to go. So okay. So what do you do you plan on continuing artifacts or what do you plan on yeah. doing with that form of content yeah um well artifacts is a show idea that i had about four years ago me and nick cannon were partners on it it was actually called junkies mm. and, um it was the same concept just a different name and nick cannon was um, a part of it um he had pitched it to mtv or viacom i think right just to say viacom and um it was supposed to go through the next process, but for whatever reason, it just got DOA. And that happens a lot. So when I was at MTV, um, I pitched it again. And again, same thing happened. So I was like, you know what, man? Fuck this. I have this great idea. It's, I, got this, I don't want to go to waste. So let me just finally create something of my own that I can stand on. And that's where it came out of. It also just came out of my, my passion for history and art, culture, storytelling, and, like, uh, this show I watched on History Channel called Pawn Stars. It was, like, a culmination of a lot of different things, so that's what it is right now. Okay. So yeah. maybe turning that into something else later on outside of Instagram? Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the goal, potentially. Um, I'm, like, just having fun, you know. it's not. I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not making any money from it. Um, I just – it's, like – I would love to see it on TV, maybe on MTV or History Channel, any, any kind of network. I think it's good content, and I, I think it could do it outside of just um, music. It, it could be extended to actors, to athletes. I, mean, just, I just had Victor Cruz on. So I think it's, um, it's, a, it's a good product that I feel like has legs. So hopefully, potentially, you know, it could grow outside of Instagram, and I would love to do that. And um Hopefully, get it popping. I think we need to have more black creatives in these spaces. So. Absolutely, yeah. I think that that may actually be happening, or we'll see more of that post COVID nineteen. I think with everything that's going on, obviously with the movement, the Black Lives yeah. the Black Lives Matter movement, and corporations at least acting like they're gonna step up and make changes. Yeah, right. And, and then I also. Um, you know, for me as a creative, you know, I've definitely been stepping up my content game as well during this quarantine. And I feel like I've seen a lot of, uh, what do you call it? I guess just app changes within yeah. Instagram as a platform in general. Like it's changed so much right. just in the last couple of months because of the demand with IG Live. And so I think people are, are seeing that there are just so many black, granted, I only follow black people. So right. I don't know. I haven't really seen another group of people or another culture that has taken on um, different tools with Zoom, even uh, the tool that we're using here, Instagram Live, right. and, and being creative and creating content. So yeah. I think that people are going to start putting a little bit more respect into the work that we do in this culture. Absolutely. Like, look at all these platforms. Like, when we interviewed Jay. He said something that was really profound, and it still resonates to this day. He's like, you keep building these platforms, Instagram, Snapchat, and we got to keep asking these people for things. But we built that. Like, we're building, like, where would, hip, where would IG Live be during this whole pandemic without Swiss Beats and Timbaland with the whole Versus thing? You know, like, yeah. they made that drain hot. Exactly. We're making all these um, tech companies and apps hot. 
And, you know, we have to go back and ask from, yo, can you do this for me? Can you do this? Nah, man. That's that. So. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, at, once this is over, because a lot of times people have amnesia. They remember these, this moment in time. Like, yo, we need to put our focus back on these uh, black creators out here. Yeah, I agree 100%. When an artist tells you that he doesn't want to be asked something mm-hmm. during an interview, do you follow their request? Yeah, you just don't ask them. <laughs> you just don't ask. You're nicer you know, than I think me. at the same time, it's like you got to be respectful. You know, I think the, the key to a good interview is conversation, right? You don't want to interrogate your subject. And I think a lot of people do that because they want to clickbait headline or they're trying to, you know, get get a rise out of them for a viral moment. So if someone says, hey, I don't feel like talking about so-and-so, respect it. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I believe relationships are valuable. Relationships, greater sign, money. And in this game where uh, media is kind of disposable, you want to maintain these relationships with people, like, because if I interview Beyonce, right, hypothetically speaking, and she says, listen, I don't want to talk about this, that, and third, you think I'm going to ask her the question she doesn't want to be asked and never talk to her ever again? No. Like, I'm not going to risk that. Right. You know, so if someone asks, you know, they don't want ask you not to ask them a question, just don't ask it and find a clever or a creative way to skirt around it. Mm. That's my advice. That's good advice, because yeah. obviously Beyonce, I'm going to respect. But there are certain people where, like, um, I may feel like I have to ask a question because I know the masses want to know. Yeah, I think there's always ways around it. Like, here's a great example. I think um, when we interviewed Jay, like, any, here's the thing. All of our interviews we've ever done, no one's ever said, yo, don't ask about this, that, and there. Sometimes they do if it's, like, something super-duper controversial that we weren't going to touch on. But for the most part, we have a free free reign to do what we want. So when we were interviewing Jay, he, um, I wanted to ask about the elevator incident, right? And I was like, how can I ask about this without it sounding like as if I'm looking for a clickbait headline, right? And I knew what kind of move. You got also got to read your subject, right? So Elliot had um, asked him a question about, um, I think it was Kanye West, and uh, Jay responded and said, "Yeah, I'm not here. We're not here for that." <laughs> like, so that right there told me, okay, there's certain things he's willing to talk about. And there's certain things he's not willing to talk about. Okay. Now, how do I want to ask this elevator? I know the question is going to be, I want to say, yo, what happened with you and Solange? Why should you do that? Right. But he's not going to, he's going to dub that. Exactly. You know, he's going to look at you crazy. So I'm like, okay, how can I ask it? Okay. Maybe if I ask about it in a roundabout way, I still get it. I still get a response. I still ask the question, but it's kind of indirect. So I think there's ways of going about doing that. And I think at the end of the day, that's where you put your, your journalism, your broadcast journalism cap on and figure out a way to ask the question, but not as direct. Right. Not as, you know, abrasive or blunt. I think I think that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's definitely something I'll keep in mind, too, as I continue to cultivate my craft, because you're definitely one of the people that I study in the game. So, so, like, so, like, what I did was I just remembered how I asked it because um, it was it was leading up to it, right? And also, that's the thing, too. You got to find the holes in, in giving out the secrets in the interviews. You got to be a good listener, right? I feel like I'm a better listener in interviews than I am in real life. So, <laughs> so when you're um, interviewing somebody, you got to listen and find ways to pivot the conversation and segue. So... With Jay, I noticed he. We were talking about like beasts and like issues and family. I'm like, okay, this is a good time to ask about the Solange. How do I ask about it? Okay, how did you and Solange get to a better place? We all saw what happened in the elevator. And then he said, yeah, that's like my sister. I'm like, okay. Then he went on to talk about. He didn't get the details because I knew he wasn't going to do that. But he still gave me a response based off that particular incident. Right. So it's always kind of like a roundabout way. It's kind of like, look, you, if you're in a relationship with a guy, right, and you catch him doing something, you know he's, you know he's going to lie to you. He's probably going to be evasive with his response, but you got to find a way to ask about it 
without coming off too too crazy, you know what I mean? But yeah, you get your yeah. you get your answer that you want at some point. So I look at it almost kind of the same way. True. Um, um, last, last year, year yeah. you were yeah. announced to be MTV's new music course or lead music correspondent. That's true. What what is entailed in that job? Um, my job detail was to, of course, interview um, a lot of the musicians, a lot of the um, the guests, also to bring credibility back to the platform because, like, MTV News for a long time, they kind of just like weren't in the conversation anymore. Yeah, they kind of died off. They kind of died off. Like, yeah, Sway. Like, Sway's kind of like with MTV still, but not really. Um, but it's just like, you know, MTV News used to be a thing, you know, and I think my role was to kind of bring it back to that prominence and, you know, with the credibility that I had and the relationships I had, that was kind of like my responsibility to do that. Um, also just provide new creative ways to storytell. Um, we're supposed to launch like a couple of podcasts, a lot of different activations, um, but never got around to doing it. So that was my whole role. Do you still work there or are you still in that role? So what happened with that? Contract was up. I had signed a one-year deal with them. And um, at the time, there were also there was the merger with um, CBS and things like that. So Viacom merged with CBS. My contract was expiring. And um, they were doing cuts and layoffs. And they would have to pay me a whole bunch more money. So it kind of in the in the corona was happening. It was almost like the perfect storm of things. Mm. So my contract was up, this, that, and third. And I felt they they wanted they still want me to work with them in some different capacities as far as like correspondent work. But um, I'm kind of like a, I'm a free agent. Okay. So I'm not in TV news anymore. Okay. So somebody's gonna have to snatch you up soon. Hey, you never know. You know what I mean? Yeah, you break the checkbook out, man. Yeah. <laughs> So, who are some artists that um, are on the rise that you've been keeping your eye on? Man, um, let's see. Wow, like I love the whole Griselda camp right now. Benny the Butcher, Conway, Westside Gun. Um, I like the new Little Baby record. Little Baby, interested in the 42 Doug. I feel like he's there though, right? He's pretty there. But I'm talking about like, yeah, I guess, I guess Baby doesn't count. I like 42 Doug. Um... I'm I'm getting around to him. Uh, who else? What am I liking right now? Again, this is one of those questions I know the answer to. <laughs> when I'm driving and I'm like, I like this guy. Yeah. Um, you got to throw some names at me and then I can get back to you. Um, you got any women that you listen to? Of course. I mean, who doesn't listen to uh, Megan? You know what I, I mean? love Megan. Who doesn't listen to Megan? I'm a big city girls fan. I'm a city boy. What's what's up with that? Why do you like the city girls so much? I, I love that rap content or the I or is it them like as uh I wouldn't call them lyricists, but as, I guess rappers. I like I, you know what it is. I always love when the roles are reversed. You know what I'm saying? Like I do too. I like that. You know what I mean? I like Little Ken. I grew up with like Little Ken, Foxy. They talking they shit. Yeah. So. I like that JT and Young Miami. They don't care. Like they just telling yeah. you exactly how they how they feel, what they want, and it's like, yeah, girl, I'm feeling that. Like, okay, yeah, I, and I, I dig it. You know what I'm saying? It's like to me, feminism done right in some ways. Like, yeah. don't get don't get what you want, man. Yeah, you think these guys out here say some of the most craziest things about women. Go ahead, girl, do your thing. So I like the city girls a lot. I like them all. I like JT a lot. She sent me some new records. I'm like, oh, these songs are amazing. So, oh, some so songs that she hasn't put out yet. Yeah, these. She sent me like a whole pack of records. Some of these records she ain't put out yet. I guess Sam for clearances. She doing a solo record? No, 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 no. Her and uh, Young Miami. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. But um, she can't put them out yet. So I respect right. they're not leaking or anything like that. But. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's actually my favorite kind of rap too. Hearing girls talk about yeah, like you know they sex and making niggas pay for it. Hell yeah! Like go get your bag, man. Go get you swipe them visas. Like, <laughs> like I feel you, girl. Go ahead. Okay. Like like when Trina was on Nan Nigga with Trick. Yeah, classic right. And she spin her shit. I'm like, oh, okay. She made the song. 
Exactly, you know, like yeah. I love that. I love that kind of content for women. So those are I like those people. Um, those people, those girls. Um, well, I'm glad to know that you are on our side of it because a lot of you hear a lot of people, specifically in the culture, people who um, are on your level of of having respected voices who are like, oh, Meg need to stop. She got to eventually start talking about something else. And it's just like y'all have let Future do this for twenty thousand records. <laughs> what, why does they? Why they've only put out two albums, and you telling them that they have to talk about something different? Yeah, there's, think, there's a huge double standard. There is a double standard in hip hop, but I think Megan is gonna. Um, she says she's saving a lot of the introspective content for the official album, so. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what that sounds like. And um, I'm not counting her out at all. She she want to talk about what she want to talk about. Go ahead, girl. I'm going to be supporting you because she's dope and she's nice with it. You know, she's so. real nice. She's nice. Real good. She definitely sounds like uh, a pimp C. Like you can hear oh, the influence yeah. in her flow. It's, she's I love she's amazing. She, I love Megan. I love pimp C. I also like, you know, Rhapsody. She kind of dissed me on her record. Um... <laughs> well, not me directly, but uh, on her last project, she said a rap radar line. It was kind of slick. But oh, I missed it. Give me the tea. What What did she say? Ah, oh, shit. She I forget. It was on her last album, and she said uh, I forget the lyric, man. I gotta. I, I you gotta do. Uh, I forget the lyric. She said something about the only rap radars I care about or Knife Wonder or Jay Z, something like that. But it was a, it was a subliminal, it was a shot actually to me. So, but we're cool now. Why why do you think that that was a shot to you? you no, I know it was a shot to me. Not Elliot, but you. Yeah, because uh, a couple, it was like a year or so ago. Charlemagne is a big Rhapsody fan. I, yeah. I respect it, you know. I, I don't think Rhapsody's a whack rapper, but uh, Charlemagne said that Rhapsody is like like the best the best female hip hop artist right now I think he said best artist best female I don't oh think he was female. he was saying yeah he was saying that if you not just female but period she's one of the yeah it was I remember that. and mm-hmm. Charlamagne's my guy yeah so we, and we talk about this stuff all the time in the group chat mm-hmm. so he said what he said and I responded on Twitter and then of course it just snowballed and she saw it and she responded on the record, and I respect it, you know? So I say, it's not like as if I hate Rhapsody. I just think she's dope, but I just felt like Charlamagne was just, you know, come on, man, old Dean. Like, she's, like, the best, really. <laughs> so I actually saw at the Rock Nation brunch, and we pieced the made up, so. Mm, okay. So I, I think it's funny that y'all's uh, internal group chats make it to the Twitter timelines. It's always funny to hear the yeah. backstories on that. <laughs> It's Charlamagne, man. Big He's ass. funny. He's funny. He's funny. But good people, though. Yeah. Um, what about journalists or content creators who are on the rise? Who are some people that you are fans of or keeping your eye on? Oh, um, let's see. Um, the dude, uh, Najee. Najee um, Grampus. He, he's kind of with the Rap Radar, under the Rap Radar umbrella. He has his own platform called Cigar Talk. Um, and uh, he also works at Sony. Um, at Sony uh, label Orchid, the Orchid. So he's one of my favorites. Um, Gia Peppers, I'm a big Gia Peppers fan. Like that's how you and I got connected. Exactly. Like Gia's. She's she's, 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 she's the truth, man. Like she's got it. You know when people say they have it, like she yeah. has it. Um, who else? Of course, Scotty. She's doing great as a media personality. Scotty Bean. Um, Mouse Jones is doing his thing. Um, Ivy Rivera. Um, I know I'm leaving out some names as well, but uh, stopping my mind. Hey, you you doing all right too? <laughs> <laughs> I looked. I had to, I had to do my Googles to see you know what you was about. I was like, oh, okay. you did? What'd you find? I'm kind of scared now. <laughs> I was like, okay, this ain't no no BS kind of conversation I'm gonna have. So you know she's doing the thing. Um, but there's a lot of people just on the come up, and I feel like if you're doing your, doing the work, it's gonna catch people's attention eventually, man. So yeah, you know, I, I think broadcast journalism, journalism is in a good space. So dope. 
yeah, all those people that you name, I've studied, watched their work in some kind of way. So yeah. that lets me know that I'm I'm watching the right people. Yes. Um. Well, Sylvia. Uh, well, yeah. Well, Sylvia. Yeah. So there's a lot of people doing their thing, man. I'm really I'm proud to be in a, a company amongst a lot of these people. Absolutely. You told me off air before we yeah. started recording that you have a daughter. Yeah. Can you hear her? She's upstairs. I heard her a little bit. Yeah. So you have, a, you said she's six, right? Six. Okay. So you have a six-year-old daughter. Most people don't know that. Yeah. I just, I think it's important to keep your personal business personal. I agree. I feel like a lot of people overshare their lives on social media. Like, absolutely. I use social media as a tool for work, and you know, sometimes showcase a little bit of personality. But as far as um, showcasing like my mom, my family, yeah, you'll never see a picture of what my mom looks like or my daughter. I think it's just important to keep things sometimes close to the chest. And also it's for security purposes. Imagine, you know, you have a hater and the hater sees your mom on the street. Like, that's dangerous. So yeah, I just think it's important just to keep things private. I agree. I yeah. agree. You seem very introverted. I am an introvert. I really yeah. don't. It's weird because being in this business, you know, you got to be around people than interview people. But I'm really reserved. Like, if you ever see me at an event, I usually have my hat low. I don't really talk to people. People come to me, I'm always, I'm never an asshole to anyone. If I haven't been an asshole to anyone, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. But, um. Uh-uh. Now, you was in that, that cheer circle at the Rock Nation brunch. You were standing next to Jay and Meek and Kevin Hart yeah. and Diddy. You was in that circle. You wasn't dust I- off. No, it was just, you know, that was just timing. I just happened to be there. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but I'm really an introverted kind of guy. But if people come up to me and want to have a conversation, I'm always having a conversation with somebody. I, I'm never going to shun anyone away. But for the most part, I'm not the guy to walk into a room like, yo, what's five? Like, that's not me. So. Gotcha. Yeah. I feel it. So for someone who wants to be the next B-Dot yeah. or um, entertainment journalist, what's your advice to them? Um, you got to love it, man. Pray. <laughs> Pray a lot. Um, realize why, ask yourself why you're doing this. You know, because if you're trying to get rich, chances are you're not going to get rich. You know, you're not going to make a lot of, there's money in this. You know, I've seen both sides of the spectrum. I've had the money. <laughs> I've lost the money, you know. So I've seen it all. But um, I think it's important to, again, Ask yourself why you're doing this. Um, study, uh, study your colleagues and the counterparts, people that you want to, um, you know, emulate your career after. Ask questions. Be curious. And also, I would encourage people to um, to, to brand yourself, to sell yourself. Like, there's a lot of people that want to do what we're doing, and I would encourage them to. Think outside of their DM box. Mm. Go where the like-minded people are. Mm. If you live in Alabama, I would encourage someone to, okay, you want to be in New York, I get it. That's where a lot of the media capital, media capital, that's where a lot of action is. Maybe if you know someone there, to um, ask them to stay with them for a couple of weeks to find out what events are going to be happening. It takes a lot of sacrifice to get where you want to be. And I've sacrificed a lot, and I'm still nowhere where I want to be. But I've 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 foregone a lot of things, you know, in my career to be where I'm at. So just know that, you know, it's going to be greater later, and um, just just be patient. Be patient. Things are going to come. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people see me. If you see me with. Drake or the Rock Nation brunch or do interviewing this person on this platform, it, it's sexy, you know. I get it, you know. You see the you see the glory, but you don't understand the story, the journey that it took to get to this position. So, I would tell people. I know I'm saying a lot of things sound along with it, but it just that, that's the advice I would give somebody, man. Just be patient, trust the process, understand actually why you're doing this. And I think thing and being consistent and things will fall where they want to for you in your life, in your career. I've seen it happen a hundred times. So 
I love that as well. That's a long-winded answer. Let me get off the soapbox. That's good. And this is this is going to be my last question, I promise. You mentioned you're not where you want to be yet. Yeah. What, what does that look like for VDOT? <laughs> where I want to be is somewhere, you know, having that fuck you money, that F you money, you know, like doing what I want to do. And, and honestly, it's not even about the money. I, I take that back. It's not about the money. It's about having the opportunity to do what I want when I want to do it. Mm. And of course, you, it requires money to do that. But, you know, having somewhere, having the opportunity to empower other people, mm-hmm. whether it be on a, a large scale, kind of like what Oprah has done, and um, even Will Packard to it and to an extent, you know, I was, he's not journalism, but, you know, something to that effect where I'm able to take care of aspiring uh, media professionals, um, people that are already on, that are already seasoned, give them more opportunity, and um, take care of, you know, my family even uh, to a, a higher degree. So I think that's where I want to be. That's the end goal, you know, and not having to worry about anything. You know. Yeah. That's so, good. That's really good. And when I get there, I'll let you know. Yeah, because I'm going to need a job, you know. <laughs> take me with you. I'm I'm ready to ride. Right. This is my last question for referral because I forgot to ask this earlier. Why is the name B Dot? Where did that come from? <laughs> that question. <laughs> I can ask that a lot too. Alright, so when I was in high school back in the nineties, um people in my high school called me Brian Miller. They called me by my full name. No one ever called me Brian, right? From the teachers to the students to security, they were like, Hey Brian Miller. I guess they just thought I had a ring to it. So one day, uh, one of the classmates started calling me uh, Brian B. Miller, like how you see it on the back of a jersey. Mm-hmm. This is like 98. And um, it went from Brian, hey, what's up, B. Miller, to B. And it just stuck. Mm. And teachers used to call me that. Everyone used to call me that. So it just stuck. But if you had like Jay-Z tell it, he said, I took it from him. The guy's a liar. <laughs> Like, yo, you took the day for me. I'm like, no, I had it since 98. You wasn't even going by that. But we didn't know each other at that time, so it's all good. Right. No, that's funny. That's real funny. Well, thank you again so much for doing this with me. Anytime. Um, Did you have anything that you wanted to promote or or plug or let the people know? Yeah, man, just, you know, I appreciate everybody um, over the last 10 years for supporting myself. Um, the Rap Radar podcast, the Rap Radar website, you know, everything I've done, my time at MTV, everything I've done over the last couple of years. Um, the Rap Radar podcast will be back soon. Um, once this is over, shout out to Elliot Wilson, my partner in crime. Um, shout out to you. Thank you for uh, holding me down and sitting with me for the last, like, last 30 minutes or so. And um, yeah, man. I'm just happy to be here, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. Well, y'all, this is episode 100 of the Coco Podcast. Episode 100, man. Um, yes, for sure. You definitely have put a stamp on the podcast for sure for episode 100. Everybody who's listening, you already know what to do. Make sure that you share this podcast with everybody. You can download it on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Anywhere you listen to the podcast, Coco Street is there. This will be up on YouTube as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hey, man, that was rocking, man. I like that.